Okay. Well, good morning, and peace be with you. And also with you. Got some announcements this morning that I would uh, uh, direct your attention to to a bulletin if if you were here and you had one in your hands. I want to thank you for bearing with us as uh, we went from meeting in Concord together to uh, televangelism. And uh, it's been an interesting time, and it's been brought to you by uh, some very faithful uh, members, stewards of uh, the skills that God has given them, and I am grateful uh, for them. So you guys, thank you um, very much. You know, this is, uh, this is a, a real blessing for everybody, and and especially me. So I want to also um, say hello to uh, a, a young lady that is watching from uh, uh, Texas. 
uh, Gene uh, Lubrick. I want to say hello there, my Texas tornado. It's been a long time since you've been all up here, and I want to say hello to all y'all out there in Texas. Also, um, I wanted to uh, let you know uh, about uh, some of the teaching that's going on uh, from the pulpit here. And some of you tuning in may not be used to Lutheran services, and you, you see me wearing an alb and a stole and so forth. And uh, at the beginning of our service, we say, uh, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And you may be why, wondering, why, why in the world would we do that? Well, um, the short answer is, is that we are here uh, for him. Uh, to worship him, and he is going to do the gospel unto us. So this is the time that we come in, and when uh, we invoke our presence here in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, our minds are here. Our minds are on him, not on the brunch that we're going to as soon as this pastor gets done. And I, and I hope that that is where you set your mind and you relax right now in this sanctuary, in the sanctuary of your home, and enjoy uh, this time together with the Lord. Our opening hymn this morning is, Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me. gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer. There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I Thank you. 
We come together this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you, and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us take a moment of silence in self-reflection. Let us confess our sins to God, our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and 
ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world and for the well-being of the church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, merciful Father, since you have wakened from death the shepherd of your sheep, grant us your Holy Spirit that when we hear the voice of our shepherd, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Good morning. The scripture reading this morning, the first one, is uh, Luke's historical chronicle of the Acts of the Apostles Peter and Paul which is Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Our next reading this morning is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. 
Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The epistle this morning is taken from the first book of Peter, chapter 2, verses 19 through 25. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, This is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body and on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. The Gospel according to St. John from the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. John records, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. And the gatekeeper opens the gate for him. And the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. And he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep, well, they follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, 
but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The words of Peter. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. First Peter chapter 2, verse 25. Christ is risen, and he's still the good shepherd. He's a good sh- shepherd all week long your whole life long, and we were like sheep going astray. Now, what are sheep going astray like? What do they look like? Well, they look like you. You go to church, and there your pastor, a shepherd working for the good shepherd, forgives your sins and binds up the wounds which the world has inflicted on you, and he feeds you with the heavenly food of Christ's blood and his body given for you. And then, as soon as you're out the door, you wander off like sheep, back to your sins, The ones you said you were going to give up. The ones you were sure that you had licked, you had kicked, you had taken out to the curb and gotten rid of. You're back in it. But there's a a rocky gorge and a thorn-filled bramble bush and a wolf prowling. That wolf is sin, death, and the devil. They're just looking for a nice, juicy sheep to snatch right up and to rip, rip into pieces. Now, we've already heard this week that the good shepherd has come. He's come to rescue you. He's he's sought you out by becoming man and being a lamb slaughtered for the sheep. And then he sent his Holy Spirit to bring you back and make you part of his flock. Now this takes place with real shepherds under Christ, your pastor who baptized you. He absolves and feeds you with Christ's word and body and blood. The shepherd has brought you back to himself. Now what is it? mean that Jesus is the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. What does that mean? 
Well, it means that he watches over you. He protects you from all evil, from the devil and from sin and rescues you from death. He looks out for you by giving you his word and gifts. He preserves you to everlasting life. He is your shepherd because he has laid down his life for you. And you are a part of his church, a a little holy flock on this earth which knows the voice of the shepherd and follows him. Jesus is your pastor. It's his job to protect and feed you. He does it through the work of your earthly pastor, the man that he has called to shepherd you. The good shepherd won't let you go. He loves you, and he has given his life for you. He has risen for you. He will keep you safe forever. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. In Luke 13, verses 24 through 25, Luke writes, Strive to enter through the narrow door, for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us. And then he will answer you, I do not know where you come from. Jesus is the door. He says himself, I am the door of the sheep. That's in John 10, 7. You heard it this morning. That's us, by the way, wild and woolly and in need of a shepherd. We're the sheep. Whoever comes at the summons of the shepherd has free entry into the kingdom. Whoever does not, who doesn't come at the sounding of the voice, the voice of the shepherd, they're barred. The door's closed. You might ask, or you may be thinking, or somebody out there may be saying, well, what about our effort? What do I got to do? Doesn't Jesus say to make every effort? And yes, he Uh, make every effort to enter through the narrow door, and that's Jesus himself. Remember? So getting in the door that Jesus speaks of is not about, it's not about moral improvement. It's not about a transformation. It's not about community. It's not about happiness or any of the rest of that stuff. What good are any of these things to those who are dead men walking? Those that are spiritually dead, blind. It is about the offended king who gave his life and blood to open the way into his father's house to those who hate him. 
And that's us. He was wounded for our transgressions. I'll say that again. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our sin was fully put upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. And all, we like sheep, have gone astray, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. That's Isaiah 53, verses 5 through 6. It's that simple. Just Jesus and his cross and his blood. And not one of us, God-haters, whom God has repented in faith into Jesus' death, blood, and the cross will ever be damned. None of us. Because he's named us and called us. No need to keep knocking on the door. The way is cleared and the door is open to us. Jesus is our way and our door today and forever. Once again, Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Hear my voice. Did you hear that? Have you, have you ever watched a baby, the baby's reaction to their mother's voice? You have, right? The baby reacts. The baby turns towards his mother and is soothed and comforted by his mother's voice. He has heard her from within the womb and finds comfort and nurture and care in her voice. Now, there is a, a doctor, and his name was uh, Shinichi Suzuki. He was a Japanese violinist and a creator of the Suzuki method of music education. And he recognized the importance of listening. Even when we are not aware of it. Imagine that, listening, even when we're not aware of that. I think that happens during my sermons. And that's okay. He stressed the importance of listening to a piece of music over and over to help in learning to play it. Playing the same piece well is aided and has aided immensely by repeatedly listening to it played well. And he even noted instances when children recognize pieces of music in utero. Now the same is true for the pastor's voice. A family that comes to the Lord's house throughout pregnancy will have a child that recognizes his pastor's voice and responds. Like his mother, the infant finds comfort and nurture and care in the voice of his pastor. And even if not from infancy, the more a person gathers around Christ's gifts in the church, the more that he will know the voice of the shepherd. 
and the more he is nourished and known by Christ, and thus he will follow him. In holy baptism, the good shepherd stretched his hand out over the waters and pulled you to himself. He called you by name, placing his own name upon you, and he brought you to hear his voice. As God's new baptized creature, you recognize his voice through his sacred scriptures, as well as the voice of his servant through whom he speaks to you. Yet, you don't always want to listen. There are many voices out there that are competing with the Lord, aren't there? There are many voices that are competing into the sinful mind. Sometimes they sound a whole lot better. In fact, sometimes your own voice, my own voice, sounds better to our sinful self. All right, what do you mean by that, Pastor? American Idol. Anyone remember that? I don't even know if it's really on anymore, but... American Idol, and I I spelled Idol, I-D-L-E, whoops. (laughs) Uh, Anyhow, good good note taken from your pastor here. But if you remember the show, part of the the wonder of it and the kind of the, you know, the draw in was to see the drama come out as people were selected out of crowds, you know, and there were people that were really quite, talented, and that there were some that, well, they just weren't. And this went on week after week until finally they got down to a group that was in Los Angeles every week performing. And you can remember, perhaps, um, or visualize in your mind that the contestant stares blankly and dumbfounded. No, I am the best, he or she may think. I am the next American Idol, but the judges don't know what they're talking about. Do you remember ever seeing that? They don't know real talent, and in their frustration and perhaps even delusion, the singer is refusing to listen. He or she does not hear the voice of the judge that says, I'm sorry, it's just not for you. They live in their own fantasy, hearing that you're the greatest, you're talented, you're amazing. I wonder if that's from getting uh, participation trophies. I digress. But you and I do the same thing. Maybe not on American Idol in front of... uh, millions of people viewing, but in our old Adam, and when our old Adam is winning, we fancy ourselves as great and talented and amazing rather than recognizing the sin in our life. And that really makes us lowly, dumb like a sheep, plain, as a sheep. 
By the way, we're not referred to as sheep because we're so cute and cuddly. It's because sheep ain't all that smart. But Christ, our good shepherd, overcomes the old Adam. Our Lord has saved you, and he knows you. Yes, your shepherd knows you, and it's not just some passing knowledge. In English, we lump it all together with the verb to know. But our German crowd, who is usually here at Reformation Lutheran Church, could tell you that there is a difference between uh, wissen and kennen. Wissen and kennen. Wissen is to know as in to know the facts and, and to know things. And kennen is knowing something or someone with whom you have a relationship. Okay, you see the difference? Now, listen to this. The Lord knows you. Not simply as an object or a fact. The Lord knows you personally. He knows everything about you. Christ, our good shepherd, knows each and every one whom he has saved and forgiven. He calls out to his sheep, and he leads them, not blindly or generically, but personally and with deep thought and care, for he knows them. Now, for almost 60 years, um, our good shepherd has tended his sheep here at Reformation Lutheran Church in Westminster. And when lambs have strayed, he has searched for them and he has carried them home. And while the church walks through the valley of the shadow of debt, in reality, he has not abandoned the lambs or sheep of the church. He hasn't. His rod and staff of his law and gospel will see everyone through the hardship. And the table he spreads will lavish his means and his grace upon us all. And how so? Because he knows. He knows us personally as his own, and we know his voice, and we follow him. So just how do we know his voice? Where do we hear him? Well, the small catechism can tell you. The small catechism can tell you about these means of grace and baptism and absolution and gospel and the Lord's Supper. And in these holy and precious gifts, the good shepherd speaks to us and we hear his voice. He nurtures, nurtures his relationship with us and he continues to truly know us. He, he brings us to regularly and faithfully receive these gifts and thus we are following him. When we hear those words, your sins are forgiven. When we hear those words, take and eat. This is my body 
given for you. Take and drink. This is my blood shed for you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The shepherd called out, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And he knows the child whom he has called, and that baptized Christian follows him. My sheep, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The good shepherd cries out again and again. He says, I forgive you all your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you are absolved. The sin is gone. You are freed from it. You hear the voice of God that has passed judgment, a judgment that makes you not guilty. And he does this out of love for you. As he truly knows you. And he now leads you to follow him. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. The most important words that that blessed voice utters each week is this, my body given for you, my blood shed for you. Jesus gives absolutely everything to protect and nourish and nurture his sheep. He even gives himself. And when you hear these sweet and blessed words, you are embraced by them. You are wrapped up in the ultimate and boundless love of Jesus. And you hear his voice, the voice of God's mercy, the voice of our good shepherd who knows you perfectly, better than you know yourself. And he brings you to follow him. Now, other voices may clamor for your attention. And others may claim to know you. But your sweet, loving Savior, he is your good shepherd. Now and always, he causes you to hear his voice. And he knows you. And you follow him. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our hymn of the day is, uh, You Are My Shepherd.
Let us now confess our faith together in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and was born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Before we get, begin our uh, prayer this morning, it occurred to me that two months ago, we had a pretty good comfort zone, all of us, and how we lived and what we were expected to do. And then that got thrown on its ear. And for those of you that haven't experienced it, it's like a 6.5 rolling earthquake, where all of our reference points no longer exist. You can't grasp onto anything and, and you lose all of your frame of reference. But the one thing you can hold on to, and we do hold on to, is Christ, because he does not move. He is steady, regardless of how strong an earthquake we face. So with that in mind, as a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Lord, God Almighty and Heavenly Father, we gather this morning as one, wherever we are, to praise your holy name. Heavenly Father, thank you for everything, everything you have given us individually and for our nation. Many of our citizens today deny that our blessings come from you, if they even recognize your existence. And even your faithful tend to forget your generosity and grace when times are good, which they most often have been for many decades. We know we sin against you when our thoughts and actions don't bring praise and honor to you, and we're sorry, so sorry for our short-sightedness. We know that you forgive our sins through the sacrifice of your Son, Jesus, but we also know that as a Father who loves us, that you may discipline us to bring our focus back to you. Holy Spirit, please help us recognize our sins and correct our paths to please our Heavenly Father. Holy Father, for the sake of your faithful, please save us from the trials we face today, whether of our own selfish making or otherwise. Dear Lord, the loss of our freedoms brought about by this new virus illness and the panic-driven decisions taken by those we have elected have made us focus on those things we had taken for granted in this great free country. We are fearful and have not trusted you to provide what we truly need, even though you constantly remind us that you will not forsake us and you will always provide what we truly need. Please calm our hearts and minds and enable us to focus on your saving grace and the promises you have made to always protect and keep us. Holy Father, 
We dearly miss our worship services as a church family in this sanctuary. We truly miss our freedom of movement and association with our friends and family, unencumbered by threats of government retaliation. Lord, we understand that no government leader governs without your approval, whether we elect them or not, and that we are instructed to honor and follow the edicts of those leaders as long as they hold their positions of authority. We pray that you would guide our actions and those of our leaders and remove or help us remove leaders who have exceeded or corrupted their power to govern. We also pray that we would understand and do what is right in your eyes to persevere through the challenges of this virus pandemic. We pray for the resolve demonstrated by our parents and grandparents whom you sustained through more than five years of harsh limitations, loss of family and friends to the ravages of combat, the constant threat of armed invasion and destruction during two world wars. The level of sacrifice we have encountered for the past two months doesn't compare to what our parents and grandparents endured to keep us safe. With your help, God Almighty, as a nation, we will overcome this disease, recognize and embrace our common values, appreciate the incredible blessings you have bestowed upon the United States, and turn to you for divine guidance in our daily lives. We pray for the health and safety of our friends, families, and loved ones. Please, Holy Father, shield us all from this virus. And if we do become infected, we pray for quick healing and strong recovery. We pray especially for those who are at higher risk of severe illness or death from this disease. We also pray for those who are lonely, distraught, fearful, in despair, or frustrated and angry. Please help us provide the care and counsel that would alleviate their stress and bring comfort to those who feel lost and powerless. We continue to pray for our fellow citizens and family who may face the prospect of lost jobs, their income, their house, their health, and maybe their lives. Please guide our leaders to find the proper way to mend our nation's well-being in terms of health and financial stability. We thank you for our president, vice president, various task force members, private pharmaceutical businesses, and scientists working to combat the effects of COVID-19 in our country and around the world. Thank you for encouraging all of the private businesses in the United States that are working so hard together, rather than in competition, to support the needs of our citizens. Thank you for their health, their faith in both you and your son Jesus, as they often witness to your almighty providence when addressing the world on national television. Christian values are on display, and we give you thanks for shining a light on those who seek to serve others first. Thank you also for shining a light on those who lie, obstruct, or distort good news and encouraging messages for their own self-gain. Your light, Holy Father, causes the evil to scurry for the shadows and silences the selfish. At the same time, your light gives us peace, Lord. Thank you and your Holy Spirit for the constant reminders of your presence in our lives. We pray for the safety of our military members, police, firefighters, and medical professionals 
who continue to face danger every day. Please shield all of them from harm. Dear God Almighty, please convince our leaders to open our beaches and parks so we can enjoy your creation and find solace and peace in your presence when we need it most. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Let us share the peace. Let us now pray together our offertory prayer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and ever-living God. But chiefly, we are bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of our Lord. For he is the true Passover lamb who gave himself to take away our sin and who by his death has destroyed death and by his rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, the earth and sea and all their creatures, and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it 
giving it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious triumphant, coming again. Let us now pray together the, G, the, the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you again for worshiping with us to a, an audience of one, our Father who art in heaven. I pray that during this troubled time that you would know this, that you know the shepherd, and he knows you, and you know his voice, and he's calling out to you. He called out to you, and he named you in your baptism. When you came up out of that water, though you might not have heard the voice like we hear God claiming his son in the baptism that John the Baptist gave to him, but he said to you, this is my son, this is my daughter, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. And he comes to you and he speaks to you in the holy sacrament of the altar, and oh, how I wish you were here, that I could participate in it with you where it is rightly administered. But that doesn't keep you from being a child of God. That's a gift that is waiting for you when this thing comes to fruition and we can come back together and meet at the table. That table will be prepared again for you and again and again. And until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is The Father's House. Sometimes on this journey, I get lost in my mistakes. 
What looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength And my story isn't over, my story's just begun And failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does Yeah, failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does
to the King of Kings. You.